Hi everyone, my name is Neetra Mittal and welcome back to another episode of Where Change Begins. I'm a student assistant at UB Sustainability and each month I make a podcast episode that focuses on climate action, sustainability and current events. And there are other student assistants that have been making some really insightful pod episodes. So give that a listen if you haven't already. I've learned so much just by listening and Um, I mentioned this in the last episode that I made, and this might come as a surprise to some given what we've already been through, but there's a strong possibility of more pandemics and outbreaks happening in the future. So in this episode, I wanted to talk about the reason scientists believe something like this could happen, what the world would look like if it did happen, and whether we're even prepared for something like this. So to start with, the reasons. Well, researchers believe that there's a significant link between biodiversity and pandemics. So as deforestation occurs, large groups of species are displaced, if not eradicated, from their natural habitats. And this further leads to these large number of species being replaced by a few, something that leads to something called concentrated risk of pathogens that could potentially reach humans. And in the last few years, outbreaks of diseases like SARS, bird influenza have been on the rise. And these diseases, as you may know, like COVID-19, transfer from an animal host to a human being. So more recently, we're seeing COVID variants, for example, which just adds to our concerns as a variant is a genetic mutation of the virus that occurs from human to human contact. And variants like the one discovered in the UK and South Africa have a higher chance of spreading quickly. And a study published in April by researchers at Stanford found that deforestation and habitat fragmentation in Uganda increased direct encounters between primates and people as primates ventured out of the forest to date crops and people ventured in to collect wood. And many researchers have tackled the question of concentrated risk And the evidence quite clearly suggests that as human expansion in rural areas occur, the loss of biodiversity that usually follows leads to species with greater ability to host pathogens surviving. And later, those species come into contact with human beings. Kate Jones, an ecological modeler at the University College London, and her team compiled more than 3.2 million records from several hundred ecological studies around the world, ranging from native forests to croplands to cities, and they found that the population of species known to host diseases transmissible to humans, including 143 mammals such as bats, rodents, and various primates, increased as the landscape changed from natural to urban and as biodiversity generally decreased. And the implications of this are quite astounding, particularly because we know that nature is declining at unprecedented rates in human history. Around 1 million animal and plant species are now threatened with extinction, many within decades, more than ever before. And if you're unfamiliar with the UN sustainability goals, current negative trends in biodiversity and ecosystems will undermine progress towards 80% of the assessed targets of the sustainable development goals. So these are goals that are related to poverty, hunger, health, water, cities, climate, oceans and land. 
So the loss of biodiversity is therefore shown to be not only an environmental issue, but also developmental, economic, security, social, and moral issue as well. And the UN's IPBES chair, Sir Robert Watson, said that, quote, the health of ecosystems on which we and all other species depend on is deteriorating more rapidly than ever. We are eroding the very foundations of our economies, livelihoods, food security, health, and quality of life worldwide. Peter Dazak is a zoologist at an NGO called EcoHealth Alliance in New York. And Dazak was a major contributor to the recent IPBES report on diversity, biodiversity, and ecosystems. And Dazak wrote in an essay in Science, which is a peer-reviewed journal, which argued that governments could substantially reduce the risk of future pandemics, such as COVID-19, by investing in efforts to curb deforestation and the wildlife trade, as well as in efforts to monitor, prevent, and control new virus outbreaks from wildlife and livestock. His team estimated that the cost of these actions would bring in at 22 billion to 33 billion annually, including 19.4 billion for ending trade in wild meat in China and up to 9.6 billion to help curb tropical deforestation. Now, not all experts think that ending trade is a desirable or necessary thing, but nonetheless, Tazak and his team estimate that the total investment would be two orders of a magnitude less than the $5.6 trillion price tag that is estimated for the COVID-19 pandemic. So the cost of ensuring healthy ecosystems is substantially less than the cost that we will inevitably bear in terms of human life and the world economy as well. Now, as for what the world would be like if we did have future outbreaks, especially ones more severe than COVID-19, is kind of up to your own imagination, right? Right now, as I'm making this, the U.S. has 25 million COVID cases reported with over 400,000 deaths. Worldwide, we're at 99 million cases with over 2 million deaths. And this is despite having the warning signs, despite having government intelligence on the potential disaster way back in February. And we still weren't ready. Taking the U.S. as an example, again, there were many reasons for the massive failure of containing COVID. As a New York Times article by David Leonhard put it, the U.S. is a country at the nexus of the global economy with a tradition of prioritizing individualism over government restrictions. That tradition is one reason that the United States suffers from an unequal healthcare system that has long produced worse medical outcomes, including higher infant mortality and diabetes rates and lower life expectancy than in most other rich countries. And at the same time, America is a very libertarian society. And that's one of the reasons it fails as a collective. That's a natural consequence of having a libertarian society. And the pandemic couldn't have happened at a worse time. There was widespread distrust in science and news publications. There was massive government disinformation, bailouts being offered to corporations first as opposed to people. And the saturated levels of employment were unstable, which caused the most terrifying and drastic unemployment, worse since the Great Depression. 
and an inability of bipartisanship to pass the social welfare people needed the most came at a huge cost. So the reasons countries like the US were so ill-equipped to handle the pandemic is because no one ever predicted the extent to which economies depended on people, not businesses, not the government, just working people. A country's institutions need to be strong enough to support these people at a time of need. Take, for example, countries lauded to have the best COVID response. Taiwan, New Zealand, Iceland, Singapore, Vietnam, and South Korea, all of which have some form of universal healthcare system. And there are a couple of factors that play into when we have our next pandemic and how bad it'll be. Tracing the animal origins of a virus, which is a crucial part of preventing future outbreaks, can take several years, even decades, to detect. It's currently estimated that there are about 1.67 million unknown viruses in the wild. Finding one that could be dangerous proves to be a very difficult task. And in the next 15 years or so, we know the global population is expected to increase by 15% to 8.4 billion people. And there will have to be some kind of accommodation for this increase. Forest resource loss is likely to continue at very concerning rates. And by 2030, even though it'll slow down, it probably won't be enough. And it's no coincidence that while bats have been around for almost 52 million years and throughout human civilization, pandemics are still very, very recent. And it matters how we handle deforestation, how we learn from this pandemic to mitigate racial and class inequality. The future pandemics will be as severe as we make them. So thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you the next time.